What's up everybody? Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. So whether you're an investor or a founder or someone that's just interested in the industry, uh, it's really important to understand the, the health risks, the, the medical effects of, of consuming cannabis, whether that be smoking or vaporizing or, or edibles, tinctures, ointments, you can consume it in any number of ways today. Uh, and they all have very different effects on the body. Uh, and tonight we're gonna learn a few things about how it's affecting our bodies. I'm gonna clear up a few things for myself included. Uh, so tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, I don't know how many months ago, sometime in 2015, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Dan, and he came to my house and gave me an evaluation as a part of the Meadow program. If you're not familiar, uh, Meadow will send a doctor to your house uh, to give you an evaluation and subsequently write you a recommendation if, if you qualify. Uh, so Dr. Dan came to my apartment and we had a really nice chat. In fact, I even sort of interviewed him uh, before I had a talk show to interview him on. And uh, that's exactly what we have here tonight. It's going to be a really fun episode. So, hey, Dr. Dan, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. It's, it's a, a pleasure. pleasure. So you work for Meadow. Do you have a specific title? What, what is your title at, at Meadow? Um, I don't actually work for Meadow. We, right. yeah. uh, so <coughs> we you're, work you're together. You're an independent, cons independent contractor. contractor yeah. 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 And so I um, handled the, uh, the folks that... Um, want to order cannabis, but um, need to get a card. Got it. Yeah. And how did the relationship start? I mean, does Hua reach out to you? Did he put up an ad? How, how does that? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. We um, both had uh, done some um, studies at uh, Osterdam University. Yeah. And then uh, um, the uh, provost there introduced the two of us and um, Hua was saying, uh, yeah, you know, within the first three weeks of our launch, we've had over 20 people ask, how do we get a card? And, uh, and I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I want to do. You know, I want to do this mobile medical cannabis evaluation kind of thing because no one was really operating in that space. And um, for a lot of folks, it's, uh, it's just not very convenient to, to go down to a medical cannabis um, clinic that may be open. Like when I got my renewal, they were open from 10 in the morning till three in the afternoon. Wow, yeah, you know, who could do that? Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's been great. It's, uh, Meadow's a great company to work with and uh, we've had a lot of fun with it and uh, I think made so you, some progress. So you had not written any recommendations prior to that? One or two. One or two. That was about it. But I was, I was sort of ramping up and, and uh, trying to move into that space and it was just a great partnership. And, but you had been a practicing doctor for many years, right? And how many years, right. uh, when did you start That's practicing? a good question. Um, 18 years. 18 yeah, years and well. I've been uh, 14 years at uh, Highland Hospital in Oakland, the trauma center, Got it. and um, just now stepping more into the cannabis arena. Got it. So you're a uh, in the trauma center, right? You're working every day in the hospital, and then you think to yourself, hey, there's this big opening market, or, or you were an enthusiast of cannabis. I mean, when did the initial interest sort of take It's away? a really good question. Um, <clears throat> I was a, an enthusiast myself, and part of that came out of my own personal experience. I, I have chronic back pain. Um, I competed as a gymnast and had some injuries, and um, you know I didn't want to take opiates. And uh, you know there's a lot of problems with opiate narcotics, and um, you know they don't they don't work consistently. You have to take more and more of them. Um, they have a lot of side effects. They have a huge addiction potential. And in the emergency department, especially, we see people that come in. Um, as drug seekers, and they they have often have legitimate pain, but they become these people that they never wanted to become, mm -hmm. you know. And it's it's sad, and I uh, I didn't want to go there, and so 
I actually used prednisone, uh, which is a powerful steroid anti-inflammatory medication mm -hmm. to help shrink the discs in my back, which is part of the problem I have is, is disc disease. And they were great. You know, that really was very effective. The problem is, is that prednisone has a lot of side effects as well. Mm. You, can, you can, you know, a lot of people die every year from um, gastrointestinal bleeding. Um, it, uh, additionally, you can have things like steroid psychosis, neither of which I really want to mess with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, someone introduced me to a tincture of, of cannabis, of uh, CBD and THC in a one-to-one -one ratio. Mm -hmm. And it was like... Like a spray under the tongue? It was or? a spray under yeah. the tongue. And um, it was one of those aha moments where I was like, oh my God, this is medicine. Wow. That it was, you know, in, in my personal experience, and, you know, everyone's a little bit different with how the medication works with their body, but um, in my personal experience, it was about as strong as Percocet, but without any of the side effects. Wow. And that was a one-to-one -one CBD to THC. Exactly. Right? And then they also have, like, the 20-to-1 and the 18-to-1. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, can you kind of talk about the, the different effects of having that those ratios? Right, right. So um, CBD is uh, the second most common compound in the plant. It's the most medicinally active. Um, it uh, is non-psychoactive, which is great. I mean, I've actually worked a shift in the emergency department after taking the medication myself, and I felt like I did a better job mm. because I was uh, unencumbered by pain, and I was, uh, you know, the only psychoactivity that I could perceive was I felt a little bit happier. Mm. You know, probably not the worst side effect calmer you can come across. Calmer as well? Is that a And a, a little bit effect? calmer. Mm -hmm. Got it. But I was still able, to, I mean, calm in the emergency department is relative. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, it was great. And uh, so the one-to-one -one ratio seems to be a real sweet spot for pain. Okay. There's a British company, GW Pharmaceuticals, that you may have heard of. They've spent over $100 million developing a product called Sativex, mm -hmm. which is aimed specifically at pain. And it's a one-to-one -one ratio of CBD to THC in a plant-derived um, uh, sublingual spray. So a one-to-one -one ratio still has no psychoactive effects though? It has mild psychoactivity okay. and different people are different. My wife has a little more psychoactivity um, and sh so she prefers one that's higher in CBD. And is that directly related to your tolerance for THC in, in other forms? Um, that's a good question and I uh, don't know for sure but I think that it's independent of, of THC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, well, I'm sorry, um, I understand your question better now. You're, um, it does have to do with your tolerance for THC, mm. yes, mm. because the, there is a one-to-one -one ratio of CBD to THC. CBD is non-psychoactive and it does cover over or mollify some of the um, psychoactivity of THC, okay. but in the one-to-one -one ratio, there's still some that, that gets through, and, right. and I think you're right. I think it's more for people that are naive to THC yeah. or don't have as much experience. Yeah, I mean, just my experience is, uh, I've had mostly the like 20 to one or 18 to one. I think that's more commonly found uh, in, in the sprays or you know what I see anyway on Meadow. <laughs> uh -huh. But uh, yeah, I, the one to one, I sort of felt almost like I had like a little bit of NyQuil. Mm -hmm. You know, I almost had that almost like a little sleepy effect. Mm -hmm. uh, is that consistent? Have you heard that from anyone else or? Um, I haven't, um, but I, I'm sure that that's uh, not an uncommon experience. Sure, yeah. um, the CBD level at that uh, at that dose is considered awake promoting, mm. Um, mm. so it shouldn't um, theoretically shouldn't make you sleepy. The THC, on the other hand, um, depending on 
what strain it's derived from could potentially make you sleepy. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then so uh, coming off the, the CBD a little bit here, uh, I'm really curious how most of these things affect me because we talk a lot about business on this show. That's mm-hmm. sort of my background and we talk to a lot of founders and, and investors, but we're all hovering really closely around this amazing product. Uh, and, and I often wonder like, am I doing damage to myself by, by putting hot smoke in my lungs? You know, is that, how much of a concern is that to you as, as a doctor? Well, it's an interesting question because um, when they've done studies and they've looked at um, patients who are chronic smokers of primarily THC um, cannabis, they found that actually they did not have an increased risk of cancer. In fact, the, um, the, uh, there were fewer patients in the cannabis group that developed cancer than in the non-smoking group. Mm. And they um, theorized that that likely had a lot to do with the anti-cancer properties of cannabis. Got it. Um, that being said, there are a lot of other chemicals that you, when there's combustion, when, when you're burning the, the herb um, that you're breathing into your lungs. Carbon monoxide, not good. Um, you know, and, and tar, other things that are not as good for your lungs. The fact that it has an anti-inflammatory effect, the fact that it has anti-cancer properties is sort of, um, you know, moving you a little bit more toward health. But um, if you can ingest it in other ways, it's going to be um, it's going to be better for your for your lungs. Yeah, I mean that's what everybody says, right? Is that edibles are, are better for you? Are there negative side effects as a result of, of eating too many edibles as well? You know, um, edibles are can be a great mode of ingestion. Mm. The thing that's a little bit difficult is getting the dose down. Um, I think when when the medication is labeled with a number of milligrams and you can you can try to um, you know really apply more medical science to it it's it's a lot easier but um, I think everybody has the story where I took a I ate a cookie and I didn't right. feel anything and so half an hour I ate another cookie right. and right. I was like oh, yeah. you know and uh, couch lock or you know because it typically has a 40 minute to an hour mm-hmm. what's that called half-life or not half-life but how long set of action onset mm-hmm. yeah there you go uh, yeah 40 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. or so so I think a lot of people get to that 30 minute mark and they're like, ah, it's not working. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's a safe mode of ingestion, um, and for folks that, uh, um, that have that dosing down, I think it's a great way to go. Yeah. Um, it can be good for people that have difficulty maintaining sleep through the night, so you have something that's longer acting, about right. five or six hours duration of effect. Right, sometimes I feel it's much more than that, though. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if I have a high dosage of, a relatively high mm-hmm. dosage of an edible, uh, the next morning I can often feel remnants of that. I mean, right. Uh, and so, for folks that are using it for insomnia, I recommend taking the medication um, 30 to 60 minutes before they go to sleep because okay. that's sort of the digest time it takes to digest and metabolize the medication. Um, and then you're going to sleep well and hopefully wake up feeling refreshed. Um, I tell patients to um, really pay close attention to the way they feel the next day because if, if you feel it all groggy or sleepy, just bump back the time that you take the medication by 30 to 60 minutes. I see. So you may wind up taking it 90 minutes or even two hours um, before you go to bed. Mm, that makes sense. And then some of the edibles are labeled as sativa and indica, right? Mm-hmm. Which viewers of this show know, know what those two things mean. Uh, is there a real effect in edibles? Because I, I sort of don't realize it as much as when I smoke it. You know, you know that's, a, that's a good question, and I don't know the answer. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say I've had a mixed experience as yeah, well. Yeah. Sometimes all, and a lot of times it's with the sativa, you know, it 
typically is more stimulating. But after that stimulation, you know, you kind of come down off of that, and I think uh, a lot of people feel tired after that. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I got to be honest. I I don't love the experience of edibles. I I find it less fun mm-hmm. uh, than smoking or even vaporizing. Right. So is how much better is vaporizing for you uh, than than smoking traditionally? I really like vaporizing for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it it doesn't deliver the same kind of. Uh, uh, toxic chemicals to your lungs, there's no combustion, there's no carbon monoxide, fewer harmful chemicals that you're getting in your lungs. And I think um, what I tell patients is, if you smoke cannabis in a social situation, I think it's great. You know, there's definitely that whole social... um, uh, It's a communal type Yeah, exactly, a shared experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're taking it as medication, I think vaporizing is a much better way to go. And I, there's two things that I really like about vaporizing. One is that it allows you to more precisely dose the medication because you're gonna know within a few minutes what the effects of the medicine are and whether you need to, whether you're adequately sleepy and ready to drift off into dreamland or whether you need to take another inspiration of the medication to help get you there. Got it, yeah, that totally makes sense. So uh, even with the vaporizing, we again have more choices, right? Mm-hmm. So. How about these oils? I mean, this is the trend, right? The CO2 mm-hmm. or the butane extract. Is that safe? Is that, is that healthy for us? Yeah, that's uh, also a very good question. And um, people have different um, theories on that. I know that some people uh, recommend an organic alcohol extraction and feel that that is uh, okay. uh, probably the best extraction. Mm-hmm. Um, many people like CO2 extraction. Butane, I just feel anxious about putting butane in my lungs. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, theoretically it's purged. Um, I I don't know if it's always purged 100%. But, uh, you know, just going back to the previous question about vaporization, when you're able to know the the, um, effects of the medication right away, you're able to get by using the the lowest effective dose possible, Mm -hmm. which is always good for any medication. But especially for medical cannabis, it's helpful in that it... um, uh, helps to avoid tolerance, for example, the, the body's need for increasing doses of the medication well, to, to achieve the same it. effect, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And um, fewer side effects like dizziness. Um, also, the risk of addiction is significantly lower. Mm. For example, I would consider uh, vaporizing to get to sleep, um, the risk being about 5% or less. Um, coffee, for example, is 10% mm, of addiction. Comparison. Yes. And, and what's the definition of addiction? When, when have you crossed that threshold? Addiction um, <clears throat> is variably defined, but I think in general, um, when people stop using the medication, if they feel either physical or psychological effects, that generally is considered uh, addiction. Um, that being said, uh, cannabis has a weak addiction. Yeah. And um, I think it's, uh, um, you know, there's also the question of, what is addiction if you use an antidepressant every day? Mm. Are you addicted to the antidepressant? Because when you stop the antidepressant, you're going to have negative. You're going to have negative too. effects as well. Yeah. Any more to add there in terms of you know what what kind of addiction is cannabis? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I always hear that cannabis there is no addictive properties to it, um, but as much as some people I know consume it, that can't be the case, right? So I mean, how, where is that distinction there? Well, I think some of it has to do with the fact that um, with any addicting drug, what you're doing is you're affecting the dopamine pathways in the reward center of the brain and uh, where addiction lurks. 
So um, with uh, medical cannabis, um, you are, um, if you're dealing with CBD or THCA or some of these other cannabinoids that are um, non-psychoactive, you're not activating those, um, those dopamine pathways. Mm. And so really, uh, uh, the, for example, the formula that you mentioned, the 20 to one or an 18 to one ratio of CBD to THC, I consider that um, risk of addiction to be nil, mm. to be zero, mm. because you're just not getting high. You're not activating those dopamine pathways. Got it, yeah. So let's back up to, to your life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you work in a hospital uh, a good portion of the time, right? And then you do cannabis recommendations, another good portion. What's, what's the mix in your life right now? I mean, tell us about a typical day. Well, it's, it's changed. It's gone from being uh, all in the hospital to about 50-50 to now it's mostly um, cannabis. And a large part of that has to do with the fact that um, um, I became concerned that in the hospital, we're giving out the narcotics, we're giving out the other medications that have often really serious side effects. And, and like we were talking about, people die from these mm-hmm. medications that um, Yeah, we're talking about Vicodin or mm-hmm. Xanax or exactly. Percocet, right? All these things that people take all the time and think nothing of That's it. That's right. Cannabis really has the potential to replace all of those in your life. I think it does, yeah. I think it does. And when, when people come to me, um, they're often saying, you know, I don't want to take prescription medications. I've taken um, Lexapro, I've taken Alprazolam, I've taken, you know, these different medications. I don't like the way they make me feel. Mm. And I found that, you know, some people will say, I, I found that I was addicted to them and I, I don't want to do that. And so there are solutions um, for pain, there's solutions for stress and anxiety, there's solutions for, um, uh, you know, Crohn's disease for a whole host of different um, ailments that where cannabis or specific cannabinoids within the plant um, can supplant the currently used, often highly addictive or highly um, uh, high side effect profile medications. And, and what's Not the, always, but, yeah. but in many cases. And, and what's the current perception from the medical community? I mean, what do your peers say when you, when you suggest these things to them? Um, it varies. Yeah. I think older physicians who um, trained before the knowledge of the endocannabinoid system, the fact that in the 80s it was discovered that our bodies make their own cannabis-like substances mm-hmm. and that the cannabis plant is acting on our body's own natural system. Deficiency um, in some cases. Deficiency, even, right? yes, yeah. exactly. I think yeah. that um, you know we have this endocannabinoid system whose purpose is to promote balance within the body, within the body's different um, uh, physiologic systems. Um, what we call in medicine homeostasis. Mm -hmm. And um, the endocannabinoid system, many people believe, has been overwhelmed by, for example, our stressful lifestyles. And so we wind up with things like anxiety, which is out of balance. And so when we've overwhelmed our body's own endocannabinoid system, supplementing that with exogenous or external cannabinoids from the plant, for example, um, is a way to bring the system back into balance. Mm-hmm. And in my personal experience and in, in my experience with a lot of patients, I found that to be, um, to be true, to be anecdotally true. Now, unfortunately, we don't have as much scientific evidence as we'd like because the federal government has made it nearly impossible to do research in this country and most of the good research now is coming out of places like Israel or... Is that changing at all? Is the U.S. government warming up to this? There is a a bill in the Senate right now that President Obama has sort of intimated that he would sign um, 
that makes it easier to do research, among other things, like banking system and you know other things sure. that are involved in the bill. But I think, in general, people who who even are against cannabis will say, "Well, we don't have any research that proves that you know it's good, or whatever." And and right. it's like, let us do the research. Yeah, you know. And I think it's it's uh, intuitive that that's what's going to help. Um, demonstrate when and where cannabis can be helpful. Yeah, so undoubtedly there are plenty of medicinal properties associated with cannabis, right? I think you see that time and time again, even in extreme cases like children, right, that have epilepsy and et cetera like that. Uh, but do you think under the current system, particularly in California, as someone that writes medical recommendations all the time, are we abusing this system at all? I mean. Uh, do you, do you feel that way ever, that you know these aren't legitimate medical concerns? Really good question, and something that surprised me. Um, I've done probably 1,500 evaluations now, and I've not had a single person ask me, oh, you know, I just, I just wanna get high. You know, what, what, what do I do to get high? What are the best strains to get high? Mm. They're all like, I don't wanna get high, I just wanna sleep, or I don't wanna get high, I just wanna be free from this anxiety that's inhibiting my ability to be the best that I can be. Yeah, and do you think that they're playing along in, in any way? No, I don't. No. I, I mean, I, there may be some people that sure. I'm just not picking up on, but, yeah. but I mean, my, my patients go the whole gamut from CEOs and venture capitalists to 90-year-old grandmothers and, and uh, toddlers and you know, people in, in a whole variety of different walks of life. Um, a lot of folks in the tech um, industry here in the city, mm -hmm. um, and I can tell you for them, stress, anxiety, insomnia are the top three. Yeah, sure. Well, I remember one of the first questions that we discussed is, what do you do for a living? And I told you I worked at a startup, and you said, well, that's a very common use case here. You know, being in a startup is very, very stressful, that's right. and, and that's the truth, right? Uh, and cannabis has this amazing way of relieving stress without having some of the pharmaceutical effects, you know? Like, uh, you know, you don't have a hangover from cannabis, for example. That's probably the wrong word to use in terms of pharmaceuticals, but I think you know what I mean, mm -hmm. you know, where you sort of have that Xanax hangover. Not that I ever do Xanax. So. <laughs> no, that's absolutely correct. Um, uh, Zolpidem, which is Ambien, another, a sleeping medication, yep. has the same kind yep. of effect. And, and so a lot of folks are, have tried those medications, um, and they just don't want to go there. Right. Right. They want something natural that's going to work in, with their body's own system to, to promote that, that kind of balance that they're looking for. And how about in extreme medical cases? You know, if I have cancer or I have lupus or, you know, something really extreme like that, how effective is cannabis in those situations? You know, it varies, of course, by the, by the illness, but um, we're just now starting to um, explore some of the... Um, physiologic effects of cancer and the anti-cancer properties of, of cannabis. Um, sometimes it can be dramatic and, and, and miraculous. Um, it's not always that way. Um, and what we need to find out is when, when is it most effective? How can we um, use it most effectively with different types of cancer, um, with different types of autoimmune diseases, for example? Um, CBD, among other cannabinoids, modulates the immune system. And a lot of what we um, encounter is, are autoimmune diseases that are really difficult to understand. Things like um, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, things that, uh, that we don't understand and sometimes people have been stereotyped as being malingerers or things like that. As we understand them now more to be real diseases, 
um, we need real solutions and we don't have a lot of those right now. Mm. Got it. Yeah. So we've come to my favorite part of the show here. Thank you for all the knowledge. I feel like I learned I learned a lot in this episode. My favorite part of the show is where we talk about the guest personal consumption of cannabis and uh, what's your favorite strain? How do you like to consume it? Edibles? You talked about tinctures. I mean, when you go home at night after a long day of doctoring, uh, what, what do you what do you do? What, what kind of cannabis do you like? Well, I like. Um I do have a uh, Homer Simpson uh, small pipe that I use. Um, I also have a uh, uh, the Alien from the Simpsons uh, uh, water pipe, so I'll, I'll use so that So you're a big one. Simpsons fan? I'm a big Simpsons Got fan. Okay. Um, and uh, I do like tinctures um, for medicinal purposes. Um, I'm big into THCA and uh, CBD, THC mm-hmm. in the one-to-one ratio for my own personal um, needs, which are related to pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I find that uh, a good Jack Herrera or a Super Lemon Haze can be a nice mood elevator and yeah. kind of help you relax at the end of a, a long day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly on a Saturday mid-morning or so, a sativa is incredible. Right? Yeah. It's sort of creative and you have that uplifting feeling. You still go outside. Exactly. Yeah. Energizing. Yeah. I mean, does that sativa, does it have less medicinal value than the indica does? I've always heard that sort of tangent. I would say, um, in, in my opinion, the con- my concern for sativas are that um, folks with anxiety, um, to start out with, are much more likely to develop panic attacks or paranoia. Mm. Whenever you hear about someone having a bad experience, it's usually with a sativa that's high in THC, mm. which is virtually everything that's available on the street and much of what's available in uh, in dispensaries. Yeah. But we're getting better about labeling that. I yes. Think, right? And that's due to regulation and sort of just the commoditization of this. But it's pretty easy. I mean, particularly on a website like Meadow, we'll, we'll plug you there. Uh, it, it's very it's listed right THC how much how much CBD the sativa indica I mean most things are a hybrid mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. but they and do a hybrids s- a good way to go I think e- yeah probably particularly for a, a new patient right. right a hybrid is a good thing right got it yeah I mean what's a what's a strain that you would recommend uh, obviously it depends a little bit on the diagnosis mm-hmm. but what's an early strain that you sort of recommend to people I think uh, Jack Herrera is a nice yeah. uh, uh, uplifting balanced. Um, it uh, seems like it doesn't produce the kind of anxiety that it can in, in some folks, um, and yet it's still a, a real positive experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, blue Dream is nice. Um, sort There's so many kinds of Blue Dream. There yeah. are, that's, yes. That's what kind of baffles me, yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't fully understand that either, um, yeah. but uh, I think I think some of it has to do with the kind of the entourage effect of what, uh, you know, what other cannabinoids and terpenes are, are available yeah. in the in the plant. Got it. Yeah, you mentioned terpenes. What, what's your feeling on terpenes? It's the hot topic of the day, Huge. it seems like. I right? think it's going to be uh, uh, the next frontier. I mean, I think there's a lot of cannabinoids we still need to, to investigate, but um, terpenes are really, um, in my mind, once we understand those better, um, we're going to be able to use the plant better because that whole entourage effect is the effect of what terpenes and what cannabinoids are there and how they interact. So, for example, and also interact with whatever else you've consumed. Yes, right? uh-huh. yeah, that's right, yeah. that's right. But uh, um, patients, for example, that have depression, um, I'll recommend um, uh, not only a CBD THC combination, but um, for for use during the day, and then at, in the evening they can supplement it by vaporizing something that's high in the terpene limonene. Sounds like lemon, so anything with a citrus flavor to it, to the name, um, is going to be high in limonene. 
Super Lemon Haze, um, Lemon Kush, Pineapple Express, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then people that need um, uh, help with appetite stimulation. Uh, there's a terpene called beta caryophyllene that um, smells like pepper. Mm. So anything with a characteristic pepper smell or you know pepper in the name um, can uh, can benefit from that one in particular. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. So I'm just fascinated by all the medicinal effects, obviously, right? But then I I still come back to people are using this very consistently, right? Uh, most of the ailments that you've discussed are daily challenges, right? I mean, oh, I can't sleep or I'm anxious or whatever, right? So I feel like that creates the pattern of people using it on a regular basis, just like I do, just like the team does, just like you do. Uh, but the concern that I have is, you know, what level of cannabis is safe to consume? I mean, is it safe to consume cannabis every day? Is that, is that going to have long-term negative effects for you? Um, so far, the studies that we have um, suggest that uh, um, a THC-only variety can um, result in some um, long-term effects. Mm -hmm. um, memory loss, for example. But it's interesting because when they've gone back and they've repeated those studies with as little as 3 to 5% of um, CBD, um, no memory loss. Wow. And they're actually looking at CBD as potentially staving off Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Who the hell wants to go there? Yeah. Um, so it actually has a repairing effect. It does. It's a, I, I talk about uh, CBD as the friend of the brain. Oh. It's a neuroprotectant, an antioxidant. It's um, uh, memory protectant. Um, it helps uh, folks with, or it's being investigated in traumatic brain injury and uh, stroke patients to help preserve neurons that are kind of in the balance. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think that um, long-term effects were have actually been studied fairly well because the only studies that have been allowed by the federal government have been ones into the negative effects oh, right, of, sure. of the plant. Yeah, so, that makes sense. you know, we have some evidence on that. Yeah. But those, but it's interesting because when the federal government allows you to study the, uh, the plant, it only allows you to study their plants. Right. And their plants right. up till the last year or so have been all, you know, low-level THC plants mm -hmm. that are, you know, Basically, basically setting you up for failure. So the government has like shitty swag all the time. It right? does. It's it's improving now. <laughs> it's improving now thanks to Sanjay Gupta and yeah, CNN. Right. right, right. But that's interesting that they chose to go that direction because it would almost seem to me that if they picked a strain really high in THC, that they could create results mm -hmm. uh, that would seem more dangerous even. Right, right. right. But they didn't choose to go they that didn't. way. They just didn't know better. Maybe. University of Mississippi must not have... Uh, Good <laughs> and how did that there. happen? How does, you, how does University know, of, of Mississippi places. get picked? Of all places. I mean, not in California. Right. Right. It almost makes it seem like they're setting you up for failure here, right? Like, which is a, a disappointing thing. So uh, as we talk about the federal government and, and this uh, the movement progressing, I think we're going to have adult use or some people call it recreational, although it's not a game for me, so I don't call it recreational. But uh, in 2016... You don't call it recreational alcohol use. That, right. Yeah. I just talk about drinking, right? Right. And that's it. And, that, and I think that that's fine. I think we can consider cannabis like alcohol. I mean, I think it's okay that it's for fun. What's what's wrong with that? You know, we're a fun type society, right? Anyway, that's that's my no. I my agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. I think it's helpful to uh, distinguish the fun from the medicinal. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that uh, it's legitimate to um, have something that helps you relax and makes you feel good. Yeah.
Yeah, why not? I mean, if a glass of wine or... I mean, you could talk about anything else that's potentially dangerous. Extreme sports, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. people jump off of cliffs and stuff, right? And we don't say, oh, that's so bad for them. Or they eat, you know, a whole chocolate cake. We have Thanksgiving come up here. People stuff themselves literally till they pass out. uh, And we don't think twice about it. And the addictive potential of sugar is much higher than cannabis. Right, right, yeah. I mean, you're almost surely addicted to it. Almost everyone is really addicted I to am, it, right? Yeah, I, I certainly am. I certainly, I mean, I'm far more addicted to sugar than I am cannabis. I can't think of a day where I don't have something that's high in sugar, right? I eat ice cream every single day. Every day, day you have ice cream. Every, what kind of ice cream do you have? Uh, ben and Jerry, so I'm, I'm a... Okay. I like uh, the toffee Heath Bar Crunch. So I, um, I had this idea in my mind that Ben and Jerry were dead, but apparently they're not. I guess it was just that old school like black and white photo kind of threw me off. I'm trying to get Ben and or Jerry on the show. I think that'd be pretty cool. But um, One of those guys, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, um, has spoken at cannabis conferences. Yeah, I think that's where this, this idea came from. Somebody told me that, yeah. Cool, anything you want to plug here? I mean, if, people, if you want to meet Dr. Dan and get your recommendation, Go to Meadow, request a recommendation. He'll come to your house. It's it's that cool. It's that cool, right? Uh, and anything you want to plug? I mean, anything that's uh, no, writing just, a book? or You should. You should write a book. That's an interesting proposition. Yeah. I should think more about that. Yeah. But uh, no, it's. Um, I think the thing that people don't understand or don't realize is that um, cannabis can have a lot of different psychoactive effects. And sometimes you want that psychoactivity, sometimes you don't. And when you don't, there's this whole world of cannabinoids um, that can help you. Things like um, THCA, the acidic form of cannabis, is completely non-psychoactive. And it's not until you burn it or you heat it that it turns into THC and is psychoactive. Got it. Um, CBD, CBN, you know, a lot of these different cannabinoids that were that are just now coming out um, and being commercially available. Um, so there's a whole world of, uh, of cannabis that we're just discovering. Well, I think that's as good a place to end it as any. We, too, on this show are trying to discover new types of cannabis, new ways to talk about it. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. This was awesome. Great to see you again. See yeah, you again. it was really fun. And thanks so much for watching, guys. You can find us anywhere that content is consumed all over the internet. Uh, investing in cannabis.tv. On Twitter, we're at CannabisPod. Same on Instagram. Uh, we got a bunch of other channels that I can't remember right now. Uh, but anyway, thanks again for watching. Have a great Thanksgiving, guys, and we'll see you next time.